1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for
0: 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the
1: Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and uh, this is a tough one, guys. This is going to be not your normal Circling the Wagons podcast. Um, obviously, with everything going on with the end of that game, the ending to that really, really heartbreaking loss against the Arizona Cardinals, 32 to thirty. Um, we're just going to give our just some roundtable discussion on the game, um, just a lot less, a lot less rigid. It's going to be more of an open forum, and we might do some of the stats of the game and stuff like that. Um, but first, you know, I'll welcome my co-hosts like I normally do, John and Mike. And guys, this was—it's uh, funny. I had a whole bunch of notes listed, as I'm sure you guys do, as we always do each week to be prepared for this recap. And I don't even care about any of it. I don't care what I wrote in the, what happened in the second half of the first quarter or what happened in the beginning of the third quarter because none of it really matters to me because that last play of the game where DeAndre Hopkins, where, you know, it was the last second pass, Kyler Murray chucked it up 50 yards to one of the best receivers in the league. And there were three Bills defenders around him and, uh, he came down with the football and, the Bills ended up losing that one in an unbelievable fashion. I was swearing out loud, um, at my TV, as I'm sure a lot of you were, and my son was still up. And my wife's like, "Language!" <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even notice. Normally, I can censor those things pretty easily. Um, and plus, I thought he was upstairs in bed. But um, I, I mean, as far as you guys are concerned, I mean, how? how tough of a loss was that especially because there is no redemption next week because it's the bye week going into the bye week seven and three isn't the worst thing in the world but I mean even that loss it hurts me a lot as a Bills fan to have lost that game in the fashion that they did Um, John how are you doing man
2: yeah so Miami beats Denver next week and we're tied with Miami
0: Uh, that's depressing Mike (laughs) Actually, we're not tied with them because we have the tiebreaker right now. So any tiebreaker we have with them, oh, you mean over for the division lead and in the playoff seeding? They,
2: they would both be seven and three.
0: They'd both be seven and three. Okay, that's depressing. The, the Dolphins today after beating the Chargers pretty handily. Mike, Mike, how are you? Are you going to give us another? You know, the parable of the farmer. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe <laughs> this isn't. Or are but you in? I, a- I wasn't thinking
1: of that, but it's possible, right? Maybe they go into the playoffs and work on their. Prevent Hail Mary defense or something. I Who knows? But for me, that was a fun game to watch. I really enjoyed it, the back and forth. And then you thought Josh Allen, king of the fourth, right? Coming down, pass the pass to digs. You're know, like, oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I had a ball watching it. Um,
2: that was one of the worst games I've ever seen as a Bills fan.
0: <laughs> Top
1: 10, cool. easily.
0: Top 10. Like, it's got to be up there with... Jump,
1: You've been a Bills fan for the last twenty years, have you not? Like that was a back in thirty-eight forth years battle.
0: <laughs> John was watching games in the crib, in the hospital. Like, just like
1: in, in the final analysis, unless the team wins the Super Bowl, if the, if that's your mentality, you're always going to be disappointed. And like life yeah, is hard. Yeah, why short, do we keep
2: putting ourselves through this every year? Right?
1: Like what, what, what's the point? I think you have to just enjoy it. <laughs> It's impossible for its own sake. (laughs) Like it it doesn't make a lot of sense to get destroyed mentally, right? For something we have no control over is my only thought. The Bills, their chance to make the playoffs after today is 87%. Chance to win the division is 77%. They could have, if we could have flipped the script and say, oh, they lost to the Seahawks but beat the Cardinals and we'd be in the exact same position. And that's what we thought would have happened. Right, like we we said, hey, we take ten and six.
0: Or at the beginning of the season, seven and 16, three. But
2: Sixteen and zero is what I was thinking. At the beginning of season, like we've already lost three games.
0: Yeah, you didn't set yourself up for disappointment at all that way, John. <laughs> so right now, here's the standings for the AFC. Right now, you have the Steelers with the first seed, nine and zero. The Chiefs with the second seed, eight and one. The Ravens with the third seed at six and two only because they have a higher but they're playing right now so when you guys are listening to this this you'll already know that but um the bills at the fourth seed right now at 7 and 3 so why this is important is in seeding is that the seven teams make the playoffs this season and so if you are the fourth seed so the second third and fourth seed play the first week so then you want to be you you want to be the third seed so you're playing like the sixth team, the sixth best team, which at this point you're looking at the Dolphins and the, the Browns are the seventh ranked team right now, the Browns and then the Raiders are the eighth. So, I mean, you could play the Dolphins or the Browns. I would take that any day of the week, as opposed to if the bills end up being like the fourth or fifth seed, which they would end up playing the Ravens or the chiefs potentially, <laughs> or it's too uh, the early. Like
2: all those teams are six and three, the Titans, True. the Browns, the Dolphins, the Raiders they are all six and three. So, I mean, there's there's tons of games left to figure all that out. We might not even win the division to be the third seed at this point.
0: Yeah, that's still a wait-and-see um, sort of scenario. You know what's funny is when that play came down to it and there were three Bills players around DeAndre Hopkins, which first off, when he chucked it up, I'm like, I hope he didn't throw it to DeAndre Hopkins. And it's like, oh, well, he threw it to DeAndre Hopkins. I hope there's a bunch of Bills in the area. Oh, there are a bunch of Bills in the area. Well, if there are a bunch of Bills in the area, I hope it's like their best secondary members. It's not like Taron Johnson and... You know AJ Klein back there. I hope it's Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tre'Davious White, and all three of them were there, and it didn't matter one bit. <laughs> this was the best possible scenario for the Buffalo Bills defensively, and it just it didn't matter. It's, I'm still I'm still in that phase where it's still it still hurts. I have to mention that. Um, yeah, it was. I, I I don't even I didn't even necessarily care what happened the rest of the game because it was it was a fun game. Mike, to your point. And had that not happened, if that play had happened with like a minute 30 left in the game, I think I would have a slightly different feel of feeling about it. But since it was the last second and you thought you had it with that amazing Stefan Diggs, that 21-yard touchdown pass that Mike mentioned, Josh Allen king of the fourth, coming back again in the fourth quarter and uh, digging out, digging a hole that, you know, the defense somewhat made. And then, you know, Bahorquez didn't help at all. Um Dude, can we talk about Corey Bajorquez for a second? He is—he had a terrible game. If he wasn't kicking it into the end zone, he was shanking it to the left for 12 yards, or he was completely outkicking his coverage. And the problem with outkicking your coverage, it's a great thing to do if like, you're dating someone, right? Because that's always a term. Is Outkicking your coverage means you're dating someone well above what you should be based on your looks and career or whatever. But like, outkicking your coverage... As an actual punter is the worst thing you can do because you could kick it seventy yards, but if the guy has, but if your coverage doesn't have a chance to get to the guy who's receiving it, then he has twenty yards to run completely unimpeded (laughs) to to gain yardage and then like you know it's to gain momentum. So um, I find
1: it curious that you
0: mentioned looks and career, like no mention of personality. (laughs) Oh no, no, nobody cares about personality. (laughs) You know that, Mike. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is that's true. Um, very super, superficial on my part but um, I only say it because whenever guys have said that they're always like oh I dated I married a woman that was way above me like they never say personality wise maybe the first or maybe the third or fourth thing they say but it's always like oh people are always like oh you know like Jim Gaffigan always says that in his comedy routine like oh my wife people always say how is she with you you know or whatever so um, <clears throat> anyways Corey Bohork has had a terrible game. The,
1: your example is <laughs> The, the really rich, <laughs> famous star. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay. Really, it seems like only rich people outkick their coverage. <laughs> some reason, men, if you have a lot of money, um, we're going to cut all this out. doesn't matter. It's a recap um, of a loss. And, um, yeah. Yeah, do you guys – I guess to, to Mike's point, if you want to look at, at a bright side of it, it's just that it was a good game. The Cardinals are not the same team that they've been the past couple of seasons before this season. Um, they're a good team. They almost beat the Dolphins, which the Dolphins are now looking more and more like a good team. Um, they beat the Seahawks, which are obviously a good team. Um, this wasn't an easy, I mean, they, they went into Arizona, so they traveled for this game. Um, they were without Josh Norman, who tested positive for COVID over the weekend. They were without Levi Wallace, their other number two cornerback. Um, they were playing with some guys injured, um, like Micah Hyde, even though Micah Hyde had a pretty good game. Uh, there were so many penalties in this game. There were so many offensive, uh, the false starts, uh, holding calls. You know, uh, just it was a frustrating game to watch. From a lot of it, the the Bills beat themselves in a lot of different ways, and they still almost pull, pulled it off.
1: When you talk about that they travel for the game, I read something interesting recently that when you, the first time you're sleeping in a new place, the left side of your brain kind of stays awake. Your right ear, left brain, right ear. That's why, like, you could get a solid eight hours in a new place. So, like, the bills go to Arizona, right, like, and st- stay that night. Like, but you're not going to get a good night's sleep because half your brain is still awake. So, like, you travel for business and you, get, you go, oh, a big presentation. I, good thing I got eight hours. And I'm like, why am I so tired? Because, like, right, you don't want to get murdered in the night. It's your first time there. <laughs> in- so, there might be a lot more to, like, this is just discovered. So, it might be a lot more to that. Like, oh, they're traveling. Because we always talk, like, oh, who cares? like oh you go somewhere it's this football the fields are the same dimensions like it's all the same just get up and play yeah yeah maybe you have less distractions you don't have kids you don't have responsibilities like you're just in a hotel room but now see like oh half your brain got no rest because that they thought you might get murdered in the night (laughs) like they've they've known this for animals for quite a while like if you have a line of ducks like the duck on the right will keep his right eye open and half his brain awake. And the duck on the left will keep his left eye open and okay. half his brain awake. But all the ducks in the middle will be like, I'm not going to get eaten. It's going to be the duck on the end. So they can completely go to sleep.
0: <laughs> do, the, do the same ducks always end up on the left and right? Because that sounds like a terrible life. It sounds like... Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so at least like they probably do end up getting picked off in the middle of the night. So like the ones in the middle, the one in the very middle gets the most amount of sleep until he eventually, he or she eventually... <laughs> <laughs> it's taken out by a coyote. Wow. Interesting. No, I'd never yeah. heard that. That would make sense. So I feel like I'm more aware of, uh, yeah.
1: So maybe those home getting a home playoff game is all the more important. Well, they seemed okay in the first half.
0: <laughs> they seemed okay for a while coming out of the third but quarter, But then the
1: mental fatigue caught up with them with all the penalties.
0: True. Oh yeah. Just mental. So who
1: is fa- the, who is the right duck on the team? And the left duck.
0: Everyone, the whole entire team. (laughs) team. Everyone's the right. The whole entire team thought that they were going to die in the middle of the night or the last couple of nights. I wonder, Mike, I wonder if there's a way like you can go to bed even earlier and maybe you'll get a little bit more sleep or if it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't um, matter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to stay two nights. So if you had like if you were pitching people for, and you wanted $10 million for your company, right? like your pitch meeting is the next day. Like you should go there two days in advance. So the first night your brain is on being worried about an intruder coming in to stab you. And then the next night you're like, ah, I've been here. It's safe. I'll get a full night's rest.
0: Oh, really? So it's two nights. So we should tell people that if they have an important $10 million presentation, The next day, or if you're a Buffalo Bills player going to, (laughs) of course, they don't, they don't have the choice over that. When do they travel? They travel on Saturday. They get there that, that afternoon, they stay overnight and then they play the next day and then they leave that night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see that.
1: Maybe we should get this info to Brandon Bean.
0: Well, I hope he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. So two nights. Okay. Okay, the second night, your brain just completely goes lazy. It's like, you know what? We weren't killed that first night. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) I will say, like, my my dog doesn't do well the first night when she's away over at my parents' place. Like, she, like, doesn't get good sleep. She's up in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And Yeah, yeah, same thing. Like,
1: we've known about it for animals for a while. Okay.
0: We're just learning about it with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then after a couple of days, she like she didn't even remember that we existed. Like she thought she found her new home, her new pack, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we were a distant memory <laughs> of uh, people. And that... then
1: when she came back to you, she was in a funk for a couple <laughs> weeks.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I was just with this older couple <laughs> that fed me, and yeah, wow. You know, this is this is much this is much more lighthearted than talking about the game, Mike. So anytime we mention anything, if you want to divert it to a psychological thing without going into simulation theory because i don't want to <laughs> actually that'll make us feel better if we talk about simulation theory because then we'll be like none of this ever mattered at all <laughs> or if we talk multiverse theory about like in another in another universe the bills have won 10 times in a row <laughs> like they've won the super bowl like the 3 of us have the most popular podcast on the in, in the planet <laughs> and it's the <laughs> it's the best of all worlds you know
2: so we jealous. should go to that world and kill ourselves in that world and take our place.
0: <laughs> like Rick and Morty style. Like just... Something like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't kill they didn't kill them in that world. Didn't they just um find them dead? I can't remember. I can't remember. Didn't
2: um, Morty die and like he get replaced or something? It's been a while since I've seen I don't remember. Where.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh let's go into some quick stats of the game. Just in case uh, people weren't depressed enough, we could talk about how the the Bills did statistically. <laughs> We'd Um and so you know, we did we did this podcast our first year for Buffalo Rumblings. The Bills were six and ten, and they were potentially one of the worst teams in the NFL. And every week we pulled it together. We did a podcast. We did a recap of, you know, we tried to make light of everything going on. So I think we're gonna still try to do that with you know, tonight's episode and still try to keep on the light side of things because there's no sense in going into the week um completely pessimistic. There's nothing we can do about it. It was a good game and they just lost. So let's go into some of the stats of the game. Josh Allen one
1: thing, one thing I'll add too, like it's the Cardinals maybe you guys would agree, maybe one, but it would feel different if it was to the Patriots or something like that. The Cardinals I have no ill will. I've cheered for them in the Super Bowl right, against the Steelers. Like, there's some—Kyler Murray seems like a decent guy, right? The, like, no animosity, like you might feel with some other opponents,
0: which is— It helps. Doesn't, it
1: helps a little bit, I guess.
0: Yes, yes. I don't hate—I was happy when DeAndre Hopkins got traded out of Houston to Arizona, so I rooted for him. Always liked DeAndre Hopkins— um, except when he plays us, and then yeah, Kyler Murray, you have no real will. It's not like it's like a Johnny Manziel where you're just like, oh, that kid's kind of a. I don't really, I don't get a good feeling about him. I don't like him for some reason, <laughs> and you don't get that feeling at all about Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, I we did a I I did a quick um, um interview pre preview podcast with uh, Ed Smith from the Arizona Cardinals Bleed podcast, and he would, like had all these nice things to say about the Bills, and I'm like, ah, well. I mean, I want you guys to do well, just not against us, you know? So, like, there's a lot to like about this young team. And, and yeah, you're right. To, to that point, I mean, even if, like, other teams in the AFC, like, this would have hurt so much more if it was the, if it was the Jaguars, right? A team that we don't like. If this was – I'm trying to think of a team in the NFC we don't necessarily like, but I can't really think of one. I, it, there's really not any. It's just mostly I like – I like the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Hate the Cowboys. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, good point. All right, I don't like the Cowboys. John,
1: I'm surprised John's not jumping in. He's good about like hate okay. cataloging our hate. Yeah, I don't like any of the teams that aren't the Bills.
0: <laughs> How about that? John's probably got like one of those like lists of of uh, of teams that he hates from like most to least. And uh, I feel like John John's pretty good about a grudge. I think like you would have all the all the nice. teams all the teams that like the Bills lost to in the Super Bowl. Like I don't harness a grudge against the Giants. I could care less at this point. It suck to lose it. Like you know, I,
2: I said the Giants moved up my list when they beat the past those two times in the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, me too. I root for well, them. They, they <laughs>
2: definitely moved up the list.
0: Yeah. Oh, the Eagles down the list, right? Down. yeah, down. Yeah, down the hate list. Up the love list.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, the Redskins. I don't. I don't really have a hate for the,
2: the football team.
0: The football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Uh, My brain is stuck in earlier 2020, Um, (laughs) earlier to the 2020 season. Um, I would say the Cowboys are definitely the team, especially Troy Aikman. He's still annoying. I still hate him too. Um, I like Tony Romo though. I liked Tony Romo as a player and I like him as a commentator. Um, I don't necessarily not like the players on the team. It's just Jerry Jones. I think it's just Jerry Jones. He's,
2: yeah, sometimes it's just like who the coach is or like, so like, you know, obviously you never like the Colts because they were in the East, but that's a while ago now, and now Frank Reich is the coach. It's like, oh, Frank Reich, maybe, you know, wouldn't mind if the Colts did okay if it's, if it's not the Bills, you know?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, there is no, plus when we were in the AFC, when they were in the AFC East with us back in the day, I mean, we used to trounce them. You know, they, they weren't that good. And then, of course, they left and then they got paid Manning, so they were, they ended up being, becoming very good. And, you know, how do you not like paid Manning, so...
2: Um, yeah, actually, the the Colts won the division. The last time they won the AFC East was before.
0: Was more recent. Was
2: like 90, yeah, it was more recent than the Bills winning the AFC East.
0: <laughs> and I like how they put that stat up on CBS, and they're like, "Oh, like there's like a star next to that one." It's like star Colts haven't been in the AFC East since 2001. <laughs> just, just in case you're wondering how pathetic that stat is. <laughs> You just got to laugh at it at this point, just like we don't, thank God, though, we don't have to look at that stupid, you know, how many years, the longest postseason droughts in franchise or sports, major sports. Um, That's always a good thing. So uh, Josh Allen was 32 for 49 today, 284 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, two interceptions, and he almost had a couple of more that... He doesn't normally throw. Josh didn't have a great game. Like like, like Mike mentioned, had a great fourth quarter uh, for the most part, but um, it had those two interceptions that just weren't, they were wrong reads or poor throws and or both. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was one for one today for 12 yards and a touchdown. That was a great way to start off the game with that touchdown pass to Josh Allen. So kudos to Brian Dable for calling that one. I never, I never don't like a good uh, trick play, to be quite honest. Never get sick of that. I hope if Brian Dable ends up going somewhere else in the offseason, the new the new coordinator has at least one trick play a game. Uh, rushing the ball, the Bills were, uh, again, pretty awful running the ball today. Josh Allen was the leading rusher for the Bills. Seven carries for 38 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. Um, but then you look at the actual Bills running backs, Zach Moss, had seven carries for 20 yards, 2.9 yards per carry. Devin Singletary had four carries for 15 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. Not great uh, rushing yardage, on it, but that seems to be the, the story of every team they played except for the New England Patriots. Cole Beasley led the Bills receivers today, third and Cole, 11 receptions for 13 targets on 109 yards and one touchdown. Stephon Diggs, Next in line, 10 receptions on 11 targets for 93 yards and one touchdown. John Brown, six receptions for 72 yards on eight targets. He had that one incredible catch, which it was like third and 23 or something. And then it was that drive, I think right before they scored a touchdown, where the Bills had four penalties in six plays. And I think it was the fourth or fifth penalty on that drive ended up with like a 3rd and 23 and John Brown caught like a first down at the 50-yard line. He injured himself and it gets called back for was that holding, John? I think it was holding. Yes. So, um that was depressing. They were it was it was a bad game altogether uh penalties-wise. Hold on, let me pull up the actual penalty yardage for today. Bills had 9 penalties for 69 yards today. So, really rough game penalty-wise. Total yardage, the Cardinals had 453 total yards. The Bills had 369. Of course, you know, 50 of those yards were on that last pass. I mean, so how much can you take from that? And then, uh, you know, like we mentioned, Corey Bohorquez. Do you guys want to do You know this is fun. It's not fun to do a sweet sassy molassie play of the game because of the loss. It's not really fun to do. I mean, we could do Wallet. Let's do Wallet Famers and Wallet Shamers real quick. Um. Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. By the way, the, the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago is doing a couple of giveaways for our listeners and the people that are uh, are uh, following us on Twitter. So uh, f- head over to at CTW Pod for that. We're giving away a uh, Bruce Smith jersey, like one of the old school Bruce Smith jerseys. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's just like it looks just like the one he wore. It's not one of those uh, like newer versions of the the newer jerseys with his name on it. It's like one of the old school ones. It's pretty cool. Um, so let's go into Wall of Fame for today's game. Um, you know, I think it's got to go to Cole Beasley for the Wall of Fame in today's game. I mean, he was just clutch. He had that one-handed catch on third down to extend that drive to what we thought was going to be the play of the game with that you know, Josh Allen, 21 yard pass to Stephon Diggs to go up 30 to 26. We thought that was a nail in the coffin. And, and Cole Beasley had that amazing catch on that. I mean, he went over 100 yards today, obviously reliable like he always is. Um, I'd go wall of fame, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, John, what about you? It's Tyler
2: Bass. He, he didn't kick those three field goals. That no, nothing else that matters. They wouldn't have to do the Hail Mary or anything. His three consecutive kicks were consecutively his career longs. 53-54-58.
0: I'm giving it to Bass. Yeah, Tyler Bass had a great, great game today. For sure. Loved it. Mike, what about you?
1: I gotta agree with John. Bass had the game of his life. And it gives me renewed confidence in his ability, for sure.
0: Yeah, nobody's uh, really criticizing Brandon Bean for that Hauschka versus Bass move at this point, right? I mean, just think about it. If this is like... If he doesn't go into complete regression mode, and this is something, I mean, mind you, that first one was really rough. It like bounced off the upright and, uh, and it was close, but it made it in. I mean, if this is, if this is where this guy, this kid's floor is, I mean, you know, watch out. If he only progresses from here, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is going to be exciting. Wall of Shame. I have to give it to Corey Bohorquez for his game today. Um, he didn't do the Bills any favors when they needed him. I mean, uh, I know shanks are something that happened just naturally even to the best punters but um that was a brutal one and it happened when the at the near the end of the third quarter when the bills were backed up in their own end zone and luckily the Bill's defense bailed out Bajorquez on that shank so the Cardinals only got a field goal but they were up 23 16 at that point point. and uh yeah I mean like I mentioned he was out kicking his coverage and uh, he just had a had a really bad game what about you guys? John, what do you have on your wall of shame?
2: It's the coaching staff. The Cardinals made the necessary adjustments at halftime, and the Bills didn't. They didn't counter what the Cardinals did. The Cardinals came out, scored 17 unanswered points. The Bills' first points of the second half was with 36 seconds left with that Allen to Diggs pass. It it was just terrible. The discipline was terrible in the second half. All those penalties in a row, there's no excuse for it.
1: Yeah, great point. I'm torn. I, the, the 12-yard punt by Bohorquez catapulted him to the top of my list. But yeah, I agree with John that the Bills don't seem to make any adjustments at the half. And DeAndre Hopkins, you could argue, is the best receiver in football. So I, I, I can't kill the Bills for that last catch. but So I don't, I don't mind the catch. I mind that they lost that lead is what really did them in.
0: Do you think that instead of um just like dropping everyone back into coverage on that play and letting Kyler run around for like ten minutes before he threw the ball, do you think they should have just sent the house at him, kept DeAndre Hopkins one on one with Tre'Davious White, and then just seen what have ha- what would have happened? Do you think that would have been a better play, as opposed to Kyler having all day back there just because he's so mobile? I mean, he missed. I mean, there was one play where he got sacked eventually, but he but there were four different defenders that missed him. Before he eventually got sacked, I mean, he's that good. Can you can you blame the coaching staff for a poor play on that one being being uh, too soft on that one? They were they should have been more aggressive on that play.
2: Like, I think the the last play, I think I think they played it fine. I mean, there's it's called a hail mary for a reason, right? Like it's it it was lucky that, that the placement just happened to be at that exact spot. They had like you said earlier, like they had their three best defensive backs there already for it and it just didn't work out i think they just got lucky in that regard
1: is there any element with agreed that three best probably defensive players are back there to make that play is there any element of i watched it once <laughs> and then i didn't watch it again any element of them trying to Make the interception and not swat the ball down. Did you guys see any of that?
0: It looked like they were all going for the interception as opposed to swatting the ball down. But again, they are not as big. It as It happens him. so fast,
1: right? But but the one time I saw it, it looked like they were trying to catch it. Yes, and which which is not the right play, right?
2: I, just, I don't think anybody even had a chance of getting a hand on it. It looked like like two even swat it. Like the yeah. only thing I can think of is like somebody like. Cracking into the back of Hopkins, but like even then, like you know, everybody's already jumping in the air at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get too much contact because then it's first and goal at the one (laughs) with 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 no time left. Yeah, Yeah, you know, so it's like you don't want that either. So like they played it well; they didn't create contact, and yeah, it looked like they weren't trying to bat the ball away like they should have. But again i mean you're talking like a 6 foot 3 6 foot 4 deandre hopkins who's taller than all those defensive backs he can jump higher than all those defensive backs and he was in play for the ball perfectly and he's unless you knock it down as he's coming down with the ball you're not going to bat it away from him because it's like he's on a ladder compared to the other guys and he just automatically he has a better chance at grabbing the ball before anyone can knock it away so um that's that's how i saw it at least
1: it looked like Tredavious White had a chance as they were all falling. Oh, yeah. From the, again, the one time I saw it, I'm like, oh, it was so close to knocking it out.
0: Yeah, as he was before falling.
1: Before Hopkins pulled it into his body.
0: Good point. Oh, man, if only. Imagine if like there was a guy who just one of the three guys wasn't watching the ball and he was literally just standing underneath DeAndre Hopkins and just watching as he was bringing down that ball, just punching upwards, like uppercutting <laughs> over a, and over again, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> 10 <laughs> times before he hits the ground, <laughs> somehow popped it out. Um, now that would be impressive. Of course, he'd probably bump into him and it would be a 50, you know, pass interference versus goal at the one. <laughs> In case he actually did do it for not looking Maybe back. Maybe that's
1: a new a new roster spot you've just created. A spe- defensive specialist.
0: Uh, Uppercutter. <laughs> it's like that finish- don't,
1: don't they sometimes put
2: like a, a receiver back there sometimes in Hail Mary situations? Yes. On the defense.
0: Yes, they could have put like Duke Williams back there or something. It's like a big tall guy as well, you know? Not Dawson Knox. He wouldn't have caught it either, but like someone else. <laughs> It was like... But well, he would have
2: deflected it. You'd have
0: deflected Oh, you're right. You're right, if he had tried to catch it. <laughs> uh, um, You guys were talking about halftime adjustments. The only thing I'm thinking, because you guys are mentioning how they didn't adjust to the adjustments. Don't you think that's a little unfair? Only because the Bills were doing what they were doing and they were winning. Don't you kind of have to react to how the team's... You have to see how they're going to, if they're actually going to beat you with their adjustments before you can make adjustments to their adjustments. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're doing well and you're winning and you get the ball back and you score, you're up 23 to nine. At that point, I wouldn't think, man, we have to start adjusting. It's like not until the team actually starts succeeding in what they're doing offensively and defensively that you should feel like you should make changes. So I don't necessarily agree with right out of the, right out of halftime they should have changed something because they were doing fine. Maybe they should have had a strategy in place as soon as things went south, but you could argue that it didn't go south until the third quarter. So I you guess you can't keep
2: doing the exact same thing because you know the other team's going to make changes. So you have to do something different. It doesn't have to be drastic or anything, but you have to do something different.
0: So you're saying that you like if you're winning a game by halftime, you go into the half, you start off in the second half that you should automatically st- stop what you're doing right or at least deviate slightly from what you're doing. Just so that the exactly. people can't catch if you up. you
2: see something, and and you make your own adjustments, you see something in the other teams, like, hey, maybe we should be doing this more with single or so, or whatever it may be, right? And and do some plays like that. You don't have to like go off like a hundred percent, but like a couple plays here or there can make a huge difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have thoughts on that? Adjusting to the adjustments to the adjust. It's like Inception, the dreams within the dreams within the no.
1: Seems like the Bills every game lose the third quarter.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. So <laughs> so there's no like Gettysburg of the game for this one because the Gettysburg is literally like the changing point of the game was uh I mean there was like 10 of them if you want to if you want to count them. I mean there was a time where um Josh Allen throws the interception, you know, in the <clears> third quarter and then Kyler Murray gets the runs for 15-yard touchdown to go up for the first time in the entire game when they had the lead 26 to 23 against the bills um that was a gettysburg of the game and then you talk about um the bills getting that touchdown in the fourth quarter is a stefan Diggs touchdown that was a gettysburg of the game and then you talk about the the play at the end of the game which determined the game um <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily know if it's worth going into for that for that reason but um yeah the, no, the
2: gettysburg gettysburg of the game was for the cardinals at halftime that's that, that's it
0: it was, that was, the,
2: that, that was, that's when the mo- momentum changed was after half time.
0: <laughs> it was literally them walking out onto the field for the third quarter was the turning point of the game for John. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if that was like a civil war I, reference, it would be like the South just showing up or the North just showing up to battle. <laughs>
2: the, the, the bills were up 14, 14, by 14 points in the third quarter. I texted you guys games over.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. You do that like four or five times a game though, in all fairness, <laughs> It's either like Super Bowl or games done, and the the Bills were up by fourteen points when you said that. But I kind of take it with a. It's like the boy who cried um, Super Bowl. <laughs> John's like, uh, or the boy who cried uh, Owen sixteen. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know whether to take it seriously or not. You should always take me seriously. Okay. I I try to. I try to. I've been burned too many times, John. It's not your fault. It's my past. Um, Mike, do you want to go? I mean, we pretty much. Said all we can say about this game. I didn't go into the stats of the Cardinals, but, I mean, what do you really need to know? Um, Kyler Murray had a a good game, 22 for for 32, 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Kenyon Drake, 16 carries for 100 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. 6.3 yards per carry. It's unbelievable that running backs are consistently getting over not only 5 yards per carry, during the game, but six yards per carry that happened against New England. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, Kyler Murray had 11 carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry. Um, Bills just couldn't stop anything. DeAndre Hopkins, seven receptions on 12 targets for 127 yards and one touchdown. John, you, you were texting us, you lost your fantasy game based on that last play of the game. That, so that, this, that, that play killed you twice. It killed you as a bills fan and it killed you in fantasy, which normally nobody else, nobody ever cares about anyone else's fantasy team. Um, but I felt bad for you in that spot. So it literally came down to that play though. Right. It wasn't like Deandre Hopkins just beat you because he had a great game. It was that play. Yes. (laughs) It was, uh, 50 yards. That's five points. Uh, a reception so that's six point a touchdown that's six more points you're talking about 12 points plus the 100 yard bonus it's like you could have been up by 14 points and literally lost on that last that last play Oh, uh, god mike why about we look towards oh it, we can't look towards normally we do this this point where we talk about what are the odds of the bills game next week for the DraftKings sportsbook um and Delago, but uh there is no game next week because it's the bye week do you think this Loss stings even more because it's going into the bye and there's no redemption. Because I'll be honest, I, I know people. Some people don't believe in momentum or changing things, but I think going going into a bye week with a win is just huge for your uh, spirits or your mentality or however you want to phrase it. For going into you know the next game against the Chargers in Week 12, um, I I think going into that win is huge. Going into that bye week. With a win is huge, uh especially one that's not as demoralizing as this, do you think that this could i mean I don't think this will necessarily dismantle the season for the bills, but do you think this will take a toll on the players psychologically and mentally, and do you think this will affect their game in a couple weeks? I don't know <laughs> I would think like if I had to if I had to say i think I think Sean McDermott is usually good about getting the guys to focus on the next Task at hand, as opposed to getting too far ahead of themselves, or or getting you know too caught up in what happened in the past. I think that he'll have them out of the funk. It might actually be a good thing that they have a bye week, so they're not too demoralized after all of this. Um, so they they'll have a they a week to kind of you know sulk or, or get over it, and then they'll have a week to get right back into it.
1: I, I guess I disagree with the notion that like some sometimes negative outcomes can certainly be motivating in and of themselves, right? You practice harder, you study harder, like success could. I could argue leads to a sense of complacency. Like, Hey, eight and two, we got, we can close from here on out. Like mm-hmm. that last Hail Mary is going to leave a bad taste in your mouth.
0: I would say. Yeah. You can either use this to either fuel you or sink you. Right.
1: How about we talk about a specific play?
0: Yeah. Let's talk about a specific play.
1: <laughs> Maybe you guys can share your opinions, but it was a third and one. It was the, it, it was right before the half. Third and one, Allen snuck it. There were like twenty seconds left. You remember that? Yeah, and he didn't get it, right? Right, and they came out to kick the field goal, and it just made the play call made no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, why? Why do that if uh, you get the first down? So what? Yeah, you the, just the better play money. is it's third and one. You should try and get five or ten or whatever.
0: Yeah, what good is a first down? Getting do that a first
1: down does nothing, and I didn't know if that was an audible by Allen, which a mistake would be a mistake. Or if, uh, it's just, that was the one thing that really left me scratching my head. And I'd like to see that kind of stuff rectified going forward or at least improve week to week. Yeah. Okay. That didn't (laughs) stick up. You guys. cut cut, cut this
0: I, I, I mean, at the time I was like, I wanted him to get the first down, but now that you mention it, it was like, why, what good does that do you? Because you have a first down, sure. But there's only, Even if they call a timeout at that point, there's 18 seconds left, right? So you're like, what do I do with this? I still don't. I don't believe they had any timeouts after that because I think they used their timeout with like three seconds left to kick the field goal, right? Right. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, ideally, what good does that one yard do? You're still kicking the field goal if that is the end game. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very surprising. uh, It's like they were trying to get. They're, they're too used to, okay, we just need one more yard to get the first down. Let's get the first down, as opposed to thinking, wait, where are we? What does this do for us? How does this affect the game plan scenario overall? And then um, it's like it was very short-sighted. Good point.
2: So you notice that our downfield passing aim was a lot more hindered after uh, Brown left, just much like when he was out a few weeks back? Yeah. Then it just it, it suddenly turned to like really short, Passes to Beasley or to whoever.
0: To Diggs, yep. Underneath, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, they seem to bring it together with the, uh, the Seahawks game, and, and Brown was there for that. So, uh, yeah. What's disappointing, too, I thought was Knox's
1: non-involvement, really, in the passing game. Like, early on, we had such high hopes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's been taking a lot of fire um, through social media. Um, and, yeah, especially with Tyler Croft being out because – he was within close contact of Josh Norman, who tested positive. So,
2: yeah, that's a good point. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't have any drops today. Like you know, maybe feed him <laughs> the ball a little bit more, and then it's such kinda, a yeah. You know, see what he can do. You know, with you know, you know, he, he he's been known for that stiff arm and running people over. But so you know, get, give him some more chances.
0: It's such a low bar. He didn't have any drops today. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't have any uh right in the hands drops. Like remember who used to do that? Scott Chandler used to do that all the time. Stone hand it. He would like it would be third and nine and he would be like catching it right at the first down marker and it would just hit his hands and fall straight to the dirt. <laughs>
2: It would be the easy catches, too, because then he would make a miraculous catch the next play. Yes, yes.
0: That's what Dawson Knox does. Dawson Knox will do an over over the head, one-handed catch as he's falling down as the other, as the corner is grabbing his other arm so he can't even bring it around to grasp the ball, and it'll be like a 30-yard first down. And then the ones that hit him right in the hands, yeah, he'll just – yeah, he's like Scott Chandler 2.0, except he's like so much more athletically gifted than Scott Chandler was – but does it matter if you don't use it? I mean, people, he, he just is going to take a lot more time. I mean, I'd say tight end is definitely a need this off season. Um, especially when you consider when Tyler Croft is on the field, he is by far the best tight end. Like that's not a great scenario to have. Ideally you'd have a George Kittle or a Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey or something like that. But absent that you don't want Tyler Croft to be your number one. That's tight
2: end. That's a good, good, very good question. Actually. What, what, how would you rank their biggest needs at this point? Obviously, tight end is a big one, but um, run defense and uh, edge rusher has got to be up there too, right?
0: Well, maybe the run defense though gets fixed with Star coming back next season. With him opting out this season, I think that was that was a big hole uh, that didn't get filled through either free agency or the draft. So, um, I think that that could that could solve some of that. But yeah, linebacker depth is almost non-existent for the Buffalo Bills. Um, after Milano goes out, I mean, you see how how poorly they've done, especially with his injuries. Um, on the defensive side, they could use more cornerbacks, as always. <laughs> uh, they could use a better slot cornerback. I think Taron Johnson has had uh, a couple of disappointing seasons so far. Uh, yeah, where where would you rank that? Because I I don't know exactly where a, a one technique defensive tackle like Starlet Tulule, which he'll be back next year, so um, pass rusher. Uh, <laughs> You can go across the board. Linebacker. Okay, so defensive lineman. They need,
2: they need, yeah, they need a little bit of everything on defense, right? That's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the kicker.
0: Yep, that's the, no pun intended, that's the defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, slot corner, other corner, other boundary corner opposite. Of course, we might have something with Dane Jackson. I mean, I love the play of Dane Jackson um, for being a seventh-round rookie. I mean, I think he's contributing at a high level. We didn't mention him, and we probably won't, we definitely won't get to the tweets today for Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. But uh, I thought Dean Jackson had a had a decent game, even though he went down with the injury. Uh, I thought he was showing, he's he's been showing in the two times he's had the opportunities. I, I like Dean Jackson. And,
2: you know, you got, you still got to mention AJ Klein. You know, for his faults, like the last couple of games, he's got to be their most improved player.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's like, it's like he just turned on a switch, or he was just tired of hearing it from Bill's Mafia. You don't think whenever you think of a player. Underperforming during the season, you just kind of write that off as like, well, that player's not that good. It's going to be a rough season for that player, not realizing that, you know, they can actually turn it around every once in a while. Every people, let's be honest, like at our age, and you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't really change, right? Like you are who you are. You're kind of set in your ways. But like every once in a while, there's like a, an AJ Klein that turns around and changes. And you're like, ah, some people can change, I guess. He's
1: like uh, the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills.
0: Uh, you're going to have to explain that one. I, I don't get that. Because cause of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Changes? 12 herbs and spices? <laughs> no, he was th- just
1: really old when he started.
0: Oh, okay. So AJ Klein is the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo Bills? He was really... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a lot further <laughs> than I thought we would get in this podcast. I was thinking it was going to be 10 minutes. <laughs> And somehow we managed to talk for longer than that. So,
2: you know, Marv Levy's really the Colonel Sanders of the Buffalo bills. He had a lie about his age before they hired him. Cause he was, he was much older. He thought that he had a shaved two or three years off when he interviewed.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. For the bills or just into the AFL? Yeah, When they,
2: when the, yeah, for the bills, when they, um, he was, I think it was with Kansas city before that or, mm-hmm. and then before that, the CFL, or can't remember which order, but yeah, when the bills first got him for, uh, yeah.
0: So he said he was in his 40s when he was really in his 50s. I didn't know that.
2: Well, I think he was in his 60s. <laughs> <laughs> and he shaved a couple of years off. <laughs>
0: I forget that Marv Levy is like almost 90 years old. <laughs> uh, he was saying he was in his 60s in the uh, World War II. It was the uh, craziest. Uh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, you have Bill Belichick, who's like well into his 70s, who's still this head coach of the Patriots. So... uh yeah,
1: yeah, but now, <laughs> now like eighty is the new sixty. Like with healthcare and nutrition and modern medicine. Like you look back at pictures from your grandparents and their parent. Like you look at a picture, like oh, how old were you there? Ninety, and it's like oh no, I was forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> like life was a lot harder then. Yeah, and how old is AJ Klein?
0: dude, have you seen AJ Klein? I saw him do a press conference. I never really saw saw his face. He looks like he's like in high school (laughs) and he had his headphones on and he had like this flannel shirt. It looked like he was like a grunge. Like he was listening to like Nirvana in high school. Like one of those kids in the back of class that just had his headphones on the whole time. Like even when, you know, class was going on (laughs) and he looked like he was listening to Pearl Jam. He does not look old at all but yeah to mike's point if you've ever seen those photos before like yeah you'll see like pictures of your grandparents like you're like oh geez how old are you like 45 in that picture it's like no i was 21 <laughs> you know i had been married for five years and <laughs> already had 10 kids it was like you know like yeah there was I, maybe it's whatever was in the water or what wasn't in the water that <laughs> yeah nutrition health readily being food being, being available everywhere yeah Alright, so I think we're gonna end it on that. <laughs> at least we're old at least we're living longer. So um that's a good sign because if the Bills don't win a Super Bowl this year, uh, you know, uh we've had family members that have passed away in their seventies and eighties and nineties, and maybe we'll be able to live to hundred and twenty. So we'll have that much more time to potentially see a Bills Super Bowl. I'm gonna leave it on a high note, on an optimistic note. So signing off for John.
1: Maybe next year. <laughs>
0: Uh, for Mike,
1: go Bills! Great season so far. Looking forward to the next game. I, I don't know why you guys are so pessimistic. <laughs> it's been
0: fun. It's yeah, it has been fun. It has been a fun season. All things considered.
1: Wait, yeah. we didn't do the joke of the day.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay. All right, let's do. Uh, let's do it. Let's do the joke of the day. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, with uh, featuring Mike. What's the difference between in-laws and
1: outlaws? Outlaws are wanted.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. We needed that. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) That made everything. Thank you. I told you, like, the joke of the week is good. It's so much better in a week like this where the Bills lose. It's so much. Some levity is definitely needed. Um,
1: It's not exactly what you said, because I think your words to me was like, that's falling flat. Let's not do that anymore.
0: <laughs> I never said it's falling flat. <laughs> I just said it's lost some of its luster. That's all. <laughs> it, was, it was in its second week. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's trending downward, Mike. <laughs> no, it is It is good. It's one of my favorite segments. I don't know if it's any of the listeners' favorite segments. If you love Mike's joke of the day, as as we do as i do um especially in a loss like this you know let us know and uh and mike's gonna keep giving you keep keep showing up with fire every week like he does (laughs) last week it was it was uh the difference between a motorcycle and a unicycle and then john followed it up with uh, one of the best dad jokes of uh what was it a muffler exhausted
2: why did the scarecrow win win an award because he was outstanding in his field (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. Let's just do this. Next time there's a loss, like today, let's just do, like, all of these jokes back-to-back. If you guys could just do 50, instead of, like, we're, guys, we're going to skip the Wall of Fame, the Wall of Shane, the Sweet Sassy Molassi plays the game, the Gettysburg, of the game. We're just going to go into Mike and, and John telling jokes and the Seinfeld uh, bass line in between, and we'll just do that for an hour.
1: You could do listener jokes, too.
0: Oh, that's a good one instead of the wall of fame wall of shame tweet yeah we'll just do- i like it i like it all right we'll do that next time next time there's a heartbreaking loss like this that uh <laughs> that's tough to deal with maybe uh yeah so for me nate go bills seven and three on the season but 10 and 0 in your hearts going into the bye week against the chargers team that isn't great let's go we'll talk to you guys again next week